0: And so tonight, I'm going to share with us yet on the importance of fathers. I believe that it is important to know that fathers, as far as God is concerned, are heroes. Fathers are mothers. They are our pride. The reason is very simple, because they possess the divine seed of God. Lying within every father is the true greatness. Lying within a father is the potential to turn and change a generation. God made fathers with instincts to lead. The power to change the future is through the fathers. We're going to pray tonight as we share together. and I believe the Lord will speak to our hearts. Father, we thank you because we know you're faithful. We thank you for another privilege to come together to be part of this wonderful day. It is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Tonight, we trust you, the Lord, you're faithful in all that you do, and you're gracious in all your place and in all your power. Tonight, we just ask you to have your way tonight. That you will speak expressly to us. That you will move in our midst by the spirit of grace and supplication. We pray for your divine presence as we gather together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' precious name way of prayed. What I'm going to share with us tonight, I know that some of us are women and ladies and we're not thinking in the direction of fathers. Yet, I'm going to be sharing with us on what I call the burden of fatherhood. The burden of fatherhood. Permit me to begin from the word father itself. Fathers take the word father from God himself. In most places in the Old Testament, what we read was that God was the creator of the ends of the earth. He introduced himself severally in diverse ways. He introduced himself as the I? the all-supplying God. He introduced himself as the Jehovah Elohim. The self-existing one. He introduced himself as the Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of Peace. He introduced himself as the Lord our healer. He introduced himself in diverse ways. In various forms. But as we begin to look at relationship, God began to introduce himself in a way that many never thought of. He called himself Father which is from the root word Abah, which means the word Father comes from two interpretations in Hebrew. It means the source. Number two, it also means the sustainer. God is the source. That is why the scripture declares in the book of Psalm 24, The Bible said, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 13, of him are all things, through him were all things, and unto him were all things. Everything came out of God is the source of all things. Actually, the word source means a seed bearer. The same way it relates to today's fathers because fathers are seed bearers. I also need to quickly mention this that to be a man comes by birth. But to be a father is a destiny. To be a man is a subject of birth. To be a father is... Is a calling from God. To be a man, you did not choose whether to be a man or otherwise. But when it comes to being a father, it's a matter of choice. There are many men who chose not to be fathers. To be a father is to be on a mission. Fatherhood comes along with mission. I just mentioned quickly to us that it takes a choice to be a father. I want us to understand that every choice attracts responsibility. So making a choice to be a father is accepting the responsibility that's associated with that decision. Hence, to be a father is a call from God. The second word that interprets the word father in Hebrews means the sustainer. If many of us will remember in Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says that God sustains all things by the word of his power. Everything in existence today is sustained by the authority of the Father, who is a sustainer. Everything works in cycle. Everything works in order. Everything works according to the divine plans of God because God is a sustainer. The reason why the firmament has not collapsed on man is because God is a sustainer. The reason why God separated the waters from the land and made man to reside on the land and to enjoy the benefits and the resources that were on the land is because God is a sustainer. In the same way, he gave every man who made a choice to be fathers that they will be sustainers. In other words, being a father comes with the responsibility of sustaining by leadership whatever God has provided for us. Hence, leadership role to fathers is a destiny. Leadership role to fathers is not negotiable. Leadership to fathers By a call from God to be a bridge between the generation in which we are and to the generation to come. It is critical for all of us to know tonight that every minute of fatherhood is an investment. It's an investment into a destiny... To transform a generation. It is very important to know the fathers are visionaries. They are visionary because God has called fathers to provide headship over their families. In providing headship, it is important to be able to see what every member of the family does not see. And so, fatherhood comes with a serious responsibility. In the scriptures, there were a few things that we saw in the scriptures that are very critical, particularly from passages that I'm about to read now. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is the word that the Lord sent to his people, through his servant Moses In verse 4 of the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 the Bible says Elo Israel the Lord your God is one Lord You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul and with all of your strength These words which I command you today shall be in your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house, and on your gates. Very, very critical scripture. This is one of the most serious mandates That God has given to the leadership of homes and leadership of families. God understands that every community of man is built upon the foundation of families. If the family is right, the community will be good. If the family is okay, the community will enjoy the peace of God. The reason why the communities are in turmoil and in crisis and in chaos and there, is, there seems to be a solution to what is going on today is because families are under crisis and they are under the attack of the enemy. And God wants us today to understand the role of families, particularly Christian families, godly families in establishing godly values. God spoke to his servants. Speak to the people of Israel. Let them understand that the Lord their God is one Lord. It's not two. Whatever he says, he means it. Whatever he means, he says it. God does not change his mind. Whatever he has said to the older generation, the same is repeated to today's generation. The reason is very simple. God made this earth. God knows what we need. God understands the demands of our generation. And the only way for this generation to experience the glory and the power and the peace of God is for every home, is for every family to be established upon the concrete values of the kingdom of God. The Bible says, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart. It is my belief, it is very difficult to teach what you don't know. Fathers are encouraged to have a personal experience with God. Because the reason is very simple. God understands that instructions are taught. Instructions are talked about. But more importantly, the role of fathers in establishing examples are better caught than taught. I'll repeat it again. The role of providing leadership in a in family is better caught than taught. Most of the time, parents will understand half of what you're teaching your children. they don't seem to understand it. But how children learn is by watching. They catch. So leadership role is, taught, is caught, and most of the time, not taught. And that's why the scripture says, this is a radical scripture. The Lord is saying to his people, now I'm telling you, teach your children. Talk about it when you are sitting in your house. When you walk by the way, in other words, you're in the car, you're walking by the sideways. Talk about it. When you lie down at night before you sleep, talk about God. When you rise up in the morning, talk about him. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands. That's an incredible thing. They shall be as a frontlet in between your eyes. It says you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and also your gates. In other words, let the words of God fill your entire house. It's a radical move. God understands the power of imagination. That what we see is what we believe. And God is saying the reason why every home is established upon the kingdom authority and value is for the home to be established upon the basis of the truth. And the truth about the matter is we cannot afford to be secret lovers to God. If we love God, let it show. That's what He's saying. If we're lovers of God, let it be demonstrated openly. I understand a lot of Christians say, when I want to pray, God says, I'm the God who hears and sees in the secret and I reward openly. But when it comes to the family issue, there is nothing wrong in praying openly. There is nothing wrong. Our families and our children see us, reading the word of God, you know, speaking the word of God, understanding what we believe, understanding where we're heading. It is very critical to every family. So, living for God is not a game that we can play. It is a life that we must live. And our children will see through the transparency of our relationship with God. What I'm saying tonight is not that we're not gonna be we're not gonna we're not gonna be human anymore. God understands that these men were men, they were human beings, they were gonna make mistakes, but he's saying, preoccupy your entire family with the word of God, with the values of the kingdom. Preoccupy your family with the kingdom values. And this is the role that we have, not only for fathers, but everyone who has the position of leadership in homes. Let's ensure that our family is established upon the values of the kingdom. Tonight, I'm going to quickly go to the man called Isaiah. He says something very critical in the book of Isaiah chapter 8, which I think it's worth noting as we celebrate the Father's Day. In Isaiah chapter 8, the scripture declares... From verse um, 15, many among them shall stumble, they shall fall, and be broken, be, be snared, and taken. Bind up the testimony, see the law among the disciples, and I will wait on the Lord. Who hides his friend from the house of Jacob? And I will hope in him. Verse eighteen is very critical. Hear am mind. This man is making a public declaration. Hey, you guys, I am here. This is where I am. Here am I, behold me. Take a look at where I am. Here am I. Why was he saying this? Here am I. It says, "And the children whom the Lord has given me, were for signs and wonders in Israel, from the Lord of hosts would dwell in Mount Zion." I would have loved to talk today's message, Maashalal Ash. Baz. That's what I will have tied to today's message because that is the name of Isaiah's son, Mahashalal az-baz. If We read that from the book of Isaiah chapter 8 verse 1. It says, take a large scroll and write it, to, uh, write it on with a man's pen concerning Mahashalal Asbaz. That's his name. The meaning of that name because this man said in verse 18, here am I. And the children whom the Lord has given to me were for signs and for wonders in Israel. Why was he saying this? He says, Here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given me. Now, Isaiah recognized that these children that God has given came from God. And he's saying that these children did not just come from God. They came because they are are coming with a divine purpose. God sent forth children into families for divine purpose. God sent children into families for divine accomplishment. He says the name of this child is Mahashalal Shalal Azbaz. The meaning, meaning that this is going to signify the, the, you know, the, the attack and the end of the oppression of Assyria. He's saying here the meaning of this name actually means that soon... The Assyria will plunder Syria and Israel, who are Judah's enemies. Now, I understand in those days, Assyria you know, was a prophet in the days of Judah, in, in the land of Judah. And he's saying that the name of this man signifies how the Assyrians will plunder these two nations. They will plunder Israel and they will plunder Syria. Meaning, the end is going to come to the oppression that Judah was experiencing. So, they were for signs and they were for wonders. I am the children whom the Lord has given to me. We are for signs and we are for wonders. In every home, God wants our children to be for signs. God wants them to be for signs in their schools. God wants them to be for signs wherever they go. God wants them to be for signs. He wants them to reflect his glory. He wants our children to be a message unpreached. He wants our children to be a reflection of God's glory. That when you go to school, when all the Children in school sees you, they begin to wonder, what is so special about this child? Why is he always praying? Why is he always calling the name of Jesus? Why is he always looking up to God? Why is he never moved by circumstances? Why is he always trusting God for his success? It is because those children are for signs. I'll give us a critical example in the scriptures. In the book of Daniel chapter 1, the Bible declares of Daniel and the three brothers, where well, we they, we call their names Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three men, alongside with Daniel, found themselves in a strange land, in a land that was not their fathers. They were taken captive into the land, you know, that was not of their fathers. And when they got to this land, the king was looking for people to serve him, and they were to be fed, and they were to be given special food and special training, so that they can be prepared and be ready. For the assignment that the king had for them. Now, these three men alongside with Daniel were not only in a strange land. They had a God and the presence of God and the knowledge of God in them. God sent them to that land as a sign to the unbelieving world. God sent them to that land, to that land as a as as a symbol for others to see that God wants to use them, to reflect His glory for the unbelieving nations to see. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel got to the land, something happened. As they were preparing men for the service of the king, these men decided, particularly Daniel, went to the man who was to prepare them and said, "Look, please, man." The Bible says in verse 8 Daniel proposed in his heart not to defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. So Daniel together with the brothers went to the king uh, went to this man who was to prepare them for the king and said, "Listen, man, we understand what you're supposed to do, but please can you give us 10 days? We will not defile ourselves with a portion of the king's meat. We will eat vegetables and we will drink waters." Hallelujah. We will do what we would eat vegetables, and we would drink water. After 10 days, the Bible says when they appear before this man, they were, they were looking fat, and they were looking fresh. And the man looked at them and said, "Ah, we were only eating vegetables and water because they were for signs. My prayer tonight is that our children will be for signs. When all the children are doing things that are defiling, they can stand on righteousness. They can stand for the love of God. They can stand and walk in obedience with God. As they stand in righteousness, God will make them signs on the earth. Joseph, a young man, at the age of 17, saw a vision from heaven. God revealing himself to Joseph, saying to Joseph, you know, revealing. Joseph had no idea. He was a 17-year-old boy. Naive, ignorant, innocent. But it was his father's pet. His dad loves him. The father, lo- the father loved him because the father loved the mother. <laughs> Transfer the love that he had for the mother, even though the mother had died at this time. The Bible says, as the young man was growing up, the father sold him a coat of many colors. And he became an envy of other brothers in the house, the children of Leah and the children of the other woman. Now, what was the implication of this? God gave him a dream. He saw a dream that was too strong for a 17-year-old. But he believed it. He shared with his brothers and with his father. And that got him into trouble. We all understand that was what led to how Joseph was sold into slavery. Do we remember that? The brother said, "Ah, what does he think? They did not know that Joseph was made for signs. May our children be made for signs. Even when we don't understand, that's why our parents we need to be. We need to have strong perception of the Spirit. We need to understand what God is saying in the midst of nothing. You know there are words that children will say to us. We're wondering where did they come from. We need to understand that. And Joseph told the mother, you know, told them about how the, you know, how the animals were bowing down. And, And the father said, keep quiet. But the Bible says, and he kept that matter in his heart. They were watching. The brothers connived against Joseph and sold him to slavery. After 13 years of being in slavery, this young man who has been privileged by God to have a gift of dream from God, an understanding of the dreams of God. While he was in prison, the chief baker also came to him. And the, the, these two men came to him and they were asking questions about the dream they had. But because of the original gift God gave to him about 17 years ago, maybe about 15 years at that time, this or 13, maybe 11 years, he began to use that gift to interpret the dreams to them. Of course, the dream, as it was interpreted by Joseph, came to pass exactly the way he said it. One of them was restored back to his position and began to bring cup to the king. The other one was, you know was executed. Now, what does that mean? At the end of the day, after two years, when it was time for God to show and manifest himself as a God of grace, God of power, who can raise our children as signs on the earth, gave the king a dream he could not understand. Hallelujah. You know what I saw in that place? When God is ready to favor us, somebody's going to get a dream they don't get. (laughs) <laughs> God is going to dream something they don't understand when it's time for God to promote us where we work there is going to be a problem that no one can solve but you Hallelujah! I noticed that one of the ways to gain acceptance in this environment today in the world in which we live is to solve a problem when you solve a problem you become indispensable that's one of the ways to become indispensable this man had a dream the king And the man who was serving the king said, Ah, you have a dream? You don't know how to interpret it? I know one boy. He was with me in the prison. He interpreted the dream, both to me and my friend. And it was exactly the way he interpreted it. The king said, go fetch him. Of course, the man was already overgrown with beards. So they took care of Joseph. They brought him to the king. The king told him the dream. Ah, he said the king, is this what you saw? No problem. I'll let you know the interpretation of the dream explained the details of the dream and told the king that the, this land will experience seven years of plenty and also seven years of famine. Within those seven years of famine, if care is not taken, the famine will be, so, will be so severe that the people will dare for their own life. He said, but there is a way out. The way out is that during the seven years of plenty, begin to store. Begin to make preparation for the days of of you know of famine. And the king said, Ah, So, do you know what to do? He said, I do. Ah, the king said, Then there is no one as discreet as you are in whom the spirit of the gods is. You got the job. You don't need to see anything. You are the man for the position. That day, a man who was a prisoner was promoted to be next to the king. What am I talking about tonight? Joseph was made a sign for his generation. I want us to believe, God, that as we lay hands upon our children, they are made for signs for our generation. Amen. We know the story of this nation. The man who is the head of affairs of this nation was born by an immigrant. And we, do we understand that? But God sent a man to this land because it was time for God to raise another man as a sign in the land. We never know what God has in the children we are leading around. We don't know what God has in store for them. That's why we need to be careful that the Lord will use us tremendously to bring the best out of these children. Praise ye the Lord. And so this man was called to the position of leadership. And Joseph became a prime minister in the land. It was made for signs. Wonders. There are those who are made for signs and wonders, but they never fulfilled that destiny because they were obstinate. How many of us know that the man called Samson was made for signs? Israel had been under captivity of the enemy (coughs) for a long time. God wanted Samson to be a man made for signs, but Samson was so you know, was so full of himself forgetting that the power and the grace that God has given to him was only for him to be a deliverer for the people. His personal weaknesses overtook the grace and the calling of God in his life. And so Samson, as much as God called him to be a deliverer for Israel, only fulfilled part of that destiny. Could not fulfill the total destiny. Number one, he was disobedient to parents. Please, children, don't be disobedient to parents. He was disobedient to parents. The parent told him, don't marry from a strange land. Samson did not listen. He went ahead, got married to a strange woman, and that destroyed his life. Hallelujah. But God wants us to know that tonight, we're made for signs in our land. The last one I'm going to talk about is Samuel. Do we remember Samuel? Samuel was born by a woman who had been barren for many years. Who was crying, oh God, when is my miracle going to come? Not knowing that the miracle was just around the corner, and God said, "As Anna came to Shiloh that day, in one of her trips to worship God, perhaps her lips began to move. She began to pray. She began to agonize in prayer, trusting the Lord to do a miracle for her. But as she did, the hand of the Lord was upon her, and the Lord answered her prayer. Nine months after, she gave birth to a baby boy, called Samuel." Because the Lord was faithful to his to his to his to her request. And this woman was faithful to a vow. She brought Samuel to the house of the Lord to Eli to take care of the the things in the house of God. Do we remember the same man that was brought, the man that was brought that, that Samuel was brought to also had his own children, biological children. But you see, the biological children did not sense, did not understand the plan and the purpose of God for the land of Israel. But Samuel, a young boy, grew up with that sense of understanding. Began to listen to Helan. Began to do all that Elias asked him to do. You know, and before we knew it, Samuel began to have a heart for the people. And God began to speak to Samuel. And God's hand came upon Samuel so strongly. And God began to use him. And God called him, while he was still a young man, in the house of Eli. It was for signs and for wonders. But the Lord made our our children wonders and signs in this land and in this generation. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And so tonight, we're going to pray. We're going to call upon the Lord as we close tonight. That the children whom the Lord has given to us, they may be for signs and for wonders. I want us to know as parents that whatever the children will become will take a cue from who we are. God wants us to be responsible parents. Isaiah said, I and the children whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and for wonders. Isaiah began to prophesy. He began to speak with confidence. And indeed, Mahashalabaz Sh- Maha was a sign in the land. It was a sign of an hand of oppression in the land. God has given us children. That may be a sign of an oppression in our lives. The sign of the hand of the struggle and the pain in our lives. And Tonight we're going to pray that the Lord's hand will come upon our children. In the name of Jesus that the Lord's end will come upon our children that will fulfill the destiny of God for their lives. And I want us to pray for fathers. The fathers who fulfill their destiny. The fathers who stay like Isaiah. I and the children whom the Lord has given to me. We're for signs and we're for wonders. May the Lord give our fathers the ability to speak with prophecy. The ability to speak by the grace of God. The ability to speak by the power of God. The ability to speak by the unction of the Holy Ghost. The ability to speak into the future. The ability to speak into the womb of our children. One quality that I see in fathers that God has placed in every father is authority. Ever say authority? Authority. Authority. God has given godly authorities. We studied this in Bible study on Tuesday. There is a governmental authority, there is a parental authority, there is a church authority. There is an authority where we work. But God, in every home, God has placed the father as an authority figure. And that's why whatever the father says, it's very critical to the peace and to the tranquility of every home. That's why fathers watch what they say. Even in the midst of provocation. Because what we say can take over the families. What we take and take hold of our family. May the Lord bless us as fathers to speak the right words. May the Lord bless us as mothers to speak the right words of our children. That even when we are provoked, we must understand that we have, a, we have a commandment from God to speak the right words. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. The blessing of God can proceed from our tongue, if we so wish. God wants us to be people of blessing. We speak blessing, we speak grace over the lives of our children. May the Lord bless us today. May the Lord enrich us. May his mercy abide with us. Hallelujah to Jesus. Tonight we're going to pray. We're going to pray for fathers. I have a couple of prayers that I raise here. For many of us who are women here, we can pray for our husbands, their fathers. Hallelujah. How many of us are trusting the Lord for a change in our home? And I believe that change will come when we begin to understand the power that God has given to fathers. And we're going to pray for them tonight. Number one prayer. I want us to pray together tonight. I was reading in the book of Revelation. The Bible talks about a woman who carried a man child. Do we remember the story? And was being pursued by the dragon. The Bible said the woman ran into the wilderness because the dragon was after the baby and after the man-child that was being carried by this woman. It is to let us know the challenge that fathers have. It is to let us know that the enemy is always after the man child. Do we remember in the days of Herod that it got to a level when Erod said that every child between the age of two down should be killed? Do we remember that? Not just every child, every son. In the days of Pharaoh, the same, thing, the same command was given. That every son between the age of two down should be killed. All in an attempt to kill Moses. But God is faithful. That's the, that's the body for many of our fathers. And you know what? The enemy hasn't changed his tactics. He's still after the man child. You know why? Hello? You know why? Because the fathers are the seed bearers. Because God has given authority to those men. When they misbehave, there will be no families. That's why in our society we see a lot of divorce and a lot of mess in the homes because the enemy is after the men. And as women, we need to rise up and pray. We need to pray over these men. We need to trust God for them. Can we rise up tonight as we're about to pray? I want us to begin to pray for fathers that the armor of the Lord will rest upon fathers. To fulfill their destiny in God. The end of the law will rest upon fathers. To fulfill the, the purpose of God. I want us to pray that every demonic and satanic plan employed over fathers will not materialize. In the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and begin to pray. I want us to pray conscientiously tonight. I want us to pray with authority tonight. I want us to pray with, with, with definitive objective tonight. The God's end will come upon fathers to fulfill the destiny of God in their lives. Spirit of the living God, come upon us. Many men have become irresponsible, they are running away from home. The enemy wants them to waste their destiny, there are destiny twisters. And this is almost after those men that they will not fulfill their destiny over their families. I want us to take authority over the spiritual dragon that are pursuing our men and our fathers. Let's take authority over the dragon as fathers that we have in our home, let's pray for them that the hand of the Lord will be upon them. The hand of the enemy will not be a rule over them. They will be men of God. They will be men of honor. They will be men of integrity. They will be men of truth. They will be men of love. They will be men of God who will love God so dearly with all of their hearts. Thank you, Lord. If we know the families that are in Israel, let's begin to pray tonight that the hand of the Lord will fuse them together. Let's pray for restoration in many of the families that we know. Families that are going through difficult times, let's pray that the hand of the Lord will rest upon them. To bring the peace of God over those families. Yes, Lord. Father of your way. I want us to release men into the pool of God's wisdom. The Bible said, by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established. I want us to pray tonight that the end of the Lord will come upon our man. They will fulfill. They will. They will acquire the wisdom of God necessary to fulfill the destiny of God for their homes. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, the story of a poor man who, by his wisdom, saved a city. I want us to pray that the wisdom of God will come upon our men to save their home, save the community. Want us to pray that our men will live right. They will overcome temptations. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter six, my son, do not yield in the way of an evil woman. The path to our house is the path of destruction. By our allurement, she will reduce me to crumbs of bread. The Bible says they are daughters, aunts for precious life. Let's pray for our men that the Lord will secure them and preserve them from all evil. Let's use our husbands if we are women as a point of contact. Let's use our children if we are older women for us as a point of contact for these men. Yes, Lord, we give you praise tonight. We give you glory because we know you're faithful. We give you glory, we honor you, we bless you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you tonight because you're a great God. We glorify you because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you for the privilege to gather together on such a special day. It is a day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. You've brought us together that we may understand that our families are built upon the foundation and the values of the word of God. You want families to be radical for the truth. You want our families to be radical for God, for the word of God to begin to live right and do things right and obey the dictates and the commands of God. We pray tonight that your hand will rest upon us as a people. Amen. Let it be that our fathers will live right. Amen. Let it be that our fathers will walk with wisdom. Amen. Let it be that our fathers will be men of honor and men of integrity. Amen. Let it be that our fathers will be preserved from the hand of the dragon. Amen. They will be preserved from the working of the tongues of the enemy. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Every ploy and the antics of the enemy that has been deployed against this man will not materialize. Father, you will establish our homes. Our husbands, our fathers will be men after your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you glory because we know you're faithful. Lord, in the midst of of sharing today, you told us you want our children to be for signs, like Samuel, like Joseph, like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Lord tonight, we decree over our children, Lord, that they shall be for signs and they shall be for wonders. In the name of Jesus, let Your hand and Your glory begin to rest upon these children. They will wake up in the morning. They will love you. They will go to bed at night. They will think of you. In the midst of a confused generation, you will grant them the light for direction. In the midst of a perverse generation, you will give them grace to live right. Lord, you will teach our children to obey you. Our children shall be taught of the Lord, the scripture says, and great will be the peace of these children. Thank you, Father. We give you glory tonight. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord.